Hey everyone, welcome back to the Wooden Cross. This is episode number 14. And in today's episode, our focus is Psalms 19 to understand the different ways in which God reveals Himself to us. So do stay tuned. The psalmist in Psalms number 19 speaks about the sun, the moon, and the stars, and the natural created order expressing God's great glory through the physical entities. And secondly, the written scriptures appealing to the spiritual sense of the readers and hearers. So if you read Psalms 19, we will see that it has 14 verses divided into three sections. So basically, verses 1 to 6 dwells on the general revelation where the creation speaks of God's glory. And from verses 7 to 11, we see a shift from the general revelation to the written revelation where the written words of God speaks of God's perfection. From verses 12 to 14, the psalmist talks about our heart seeking God's redemption. It's a short passage, but in this episode, I want to dwell much on the second aspects of the written revelation. So I'll just make a general passing remark on the first part of revelation through creation. And so our main focus will be on the second section concerning the written scriptures. So in the first part, from verses 1 to 6, the psalmist sings about the creating power of God and testifies that God revealed Himself to us through His work of creation as we see in verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. So we can never imagine to begin the vastness of the universe that God had created. Even though man with his superior intelligence tries to explore into the unknown abyss of the blue skies that we see, it is impossible for us to unravel the mysteries and complexities of God's creation. The space and time bears testimony that there is a creator of all these things and they bear witness to God. People say that the heavens have one billion galaxies and each galaxy is having approximately 1,000 billion stars. The farthest known galaxy is approximately 5,000 million light years away from the earth. So this vastness is incomparable. So it reads that day after day they pour forth speech and night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where the voices is not heard. Their voices goes out into all the earth words to the ends of the world. So here we specifically see the general revelation or the knowledge of God for all to see. This is wider in scope since the whole earth and humanity can witness the existence of God through the display of His wondrous work. This creation speaks of God's handiwork for they could not exist of their own. They describe of the infinite perfection of the great author from the brightness of the heavens, we may collect that the Creator is light. The vastness speaks of His immensity. Their height speaks of His transcendence and sovereignty. Their influence upon the earth displays His dominion. One of the greatest evidence for the Creator is His creation. Even if we do not see the Creator physically, His creation is there for us to conclude that there indeed is a Creator of the intricate, complicated, beautiful things. There is nothing more than that. The revelation of God's glory through the created order should lead us to praise Him. So general revelation does show certain attributes of God, such as God as glorious, 
God is powerful, God is transcendent, God is king, God is kind and loving. Also God as a living being and God as a moral being. But this revelation in itself is not complete and final. There is one more thing that is more personal, more intimate and more captivating. So in the general revelation, we see that the psalmist prays God through the created order, through the heavens and the skies, where they display the handiwork of the Creator. But the psalmist doesn't stop there. He is not satisfied talking of God through created order only. So thus he turns again to the written scriptures in the next passage as we will see. Verse 7 to 11 is a poignant articulation of the psalmist concerning the written revelation of God, which is the scripture for us. In his time, it was the Torah. The psalmist writes about the unceasing relevancy of the words of the scripture that the readers encounter as he or she reads. If the universe displays the wondrous work of God to our physical eyes, the written word reveals God through our spiritual eyes. In the beginning, we see that God spoke and everything came into existence. God's word was so powerful that it made something out of nothing. Creatio ex nihilo, as we see in Latin, creation from nothing. But the word created everything. Now the fall of humanity and the inception of sin was also due to the violation of God's word. When Israel met its commandment with God, God told them to be diligent, to do all things, and to teach His laws to their children. So when Jesus was tempted in the desert, he rebuked the devil and said that men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God. It is the word of God that produces faith and leads us to salvation, for faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So nothing is as important for us to grow by the intake of the scriptures as we will see in the Psalms. So from the general revelation in verse 1 to 6, the psalmist now moves to the written revelation in verse 7 to 11 that is absorbing God's word into our lives and allowing it to nourish us and to confirm us to the image of God. Verse 7 to 11 reads, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the symbol. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servants is warned. In keeping them there is a great reward. There are many terms used here to describe the word of God as law and testimony, precepts and commandments, but they are all the same thing. It refers to the scripture. All these terms refers to the word of God, the revelation of the written scriptures. In these verses, therefore, we will see six truths about the word of God. And in verse 9, we will see the importance of it. So what are the qualities of the word? How is God revealed? Or what does God reveal in the scripture? First, it says that the law of the Lord is perfect. So the scripture is perfect in a sense that it is without blemish and it is complete and lacks nothing. Perfection here speaks of the wholeness. It has lost nothing. It is perfect and its perfection is the basis within which all of the other characteristics of God's word is found. The law by instructing men restores them from moral blindness to the light which is theirs by nature. 
and in many cases restores them from sin to righteousness. God's word tells us about who God is, what he has done for us. We do not need other testimonies to know about God because whatever there is to know, it is revealed in the scripture. So the perfection of the word waters those who reads and restores the soul. When we are down, weary, dejected, angry, or fear, I believe that many of us have experienced that life-giving power of the Word of God. By simply reading a passage, we find peace and comfort. That's the power of Word in its perfection. Secondly, it speaks of the testimony. The testimony of the Lord is sure. What it means is that the Word of the Scripture are trustworthy. We can rely upon it. In comparison with the fleeting, shifting, unstable judgment of human reasons, the law is firm, fixed, and stable. When nothing else seems unsure, God's word is sure and trustworthy. It gives wisdom to the wise. It does not mean only some or the wise can understand. What it means is that those who hunger, thirst for the word, those who come to the fountain of the word will surely find wisdom. So do those who come with an open mind and heart, God will reveal himself in such a way through his word that will make them wise. Thirdly, the psalmist talks about the precepts. The precepts of the law are right. What is a precept? A precept is a directive which, if followed, will lead one to the goal of faithful living. It carries with it the idea of order or direction, like a mark line on a road map, which, if followed, allows you to go where you want to go. So God's direction, His precepts are always right. So whatever is being taught in the scripture, whatever the scripture says is always right. They never mislead. They never take you down to a dead end and they are never out of debt. And those who take delight in the precepts of the Lord find rejoice in the heart or by bringing joy to the heart not only because that you are saved from the heartbreak which invariably comes when we deviate from the word but because they keep you on the path of righteousness. God's precept keeps you in right relationship with God. So in the fourth point, the psalmist talks about the commandment. He talks about the, the scripture as the commandment. Just as we see the pure form of light from the sunlight giving light to the eyes, the commandment of the Lord is so pure. This is in keeping with Psalm 119, 105, which says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Even the Proverbs 6.23 says, for the commandment is a lamb, and teaching is light. God's word shed light on an otherwise dark path. Like the brilliance of the morning sun cutting through the darkness at dawn, God's word casts the darkness aside and enables us to see clearly. Through it, he shows us where to step, how to walk, what to avoid, and which way to go. It enlightens, illuminates, or gives light to the eyes of our understanding. How else can we see if not from the light of His word? The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. On the next point, the psalmist speaks of the fear of the Lord is clean. The fear of the Lord is clean. The word fear here is used as a synonym for the word of God because as we have seen, the fear of the Lord is one of the effects God's word has upon the heart. The fear of the Lord is clean, that is, it has a purifying effect on us and it endures forever. It does not change. 1 Peter 1, 24 and 25 assures us that all flesh is like grass 
and all its glory like the flower of the cross. The cross withers and the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which was preached to you. The purifying effect of God's word is that it shows us how to be in the right relationship with God. And, and, and that relationship is something which endures forever. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Sixthly, the psalmist talks about the scripture as the ordinance. The ordinance of the Lord is true. So God's judgments are true. The word judgment here speaks of what God ought to say. It is His judgment, His decision, His declaration about what should be and what should not be. And when God speaks, it is always true. As God reveals Himself to us in His word, He tells us the truth about things. He tells us the truth about sin, about forgiveness, about heaven and about hell. His word is true. It never misleads and it is never ambiguous. It is always true. It is true and altogether righteous. In a world filled with such uncertainty and with so much competing opinions of right and wrong, God's word serves as an indispensable tool for the believers. In it we have a sure and certain word from God himself. It is perfect, it is sure, it is right and it is pure. It is clean and it is righteous. What a description of the word of God. So after describing the six ways in which the word of God appeals to the readers, the psalmist moves to verse 10 in which he says that the scriptures, the word of God, they are more desirable than gold. Yes, than much fine gold. He compares it to honey, saying that sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. So it says that gold is the most precious substance known in the Old Testament world, and honey was the sweetest substance known to them. Together they represent the earthly pursuit of life, what we think will make us happy. However, the psalmist says that the scriptures are more precious and pleasurable than gold and honey. So much precious and pleasurable than gold and honey are the new birth, wisdom, joy, enlightenment, sanctification, and prosperity. And all these are received by grace and and by meditating on the Word of God. The Bible is God's Word and if we are in love with God, then His words is more precious to us, like gold. It is sweet to us like honey. So that's how we as God's children should love His Word. It is not only desirable, but it is also discerning. So when we move to verse 11 and 13, the psalmist warns us, it warns us against sin which we commit inadvertently and of sins which we commit willfully, the known and unknown sins. And by reading the word of God, it rewards us and, and helps us avoid falling into sin. So verse 12 speaks of our hidden faults, or hidden sin, or those which we have hard time discerning. And all of us, because of our spiritual insensitivity, suffers from time to time with this malady. We do things, say things, and approach things with the wrong attitude, not because we intentionally set out to do the wrong things, but because we are spiritually insensitive. As we dwell into God's word and allow it to dwell richly in us, God begins through his word to show us those things in our life which we could in no way see for ourselves. These are the hidden faults. 
But secondly, in verse 13, it says that God's word reveals to us or keeps us back from presumptuous sins, sins which we willfully commit but presume we can get away with them or presume that because we have judged them to be insignificant that they will somehow be insignificant in God's eye. These two areas, hidden faults, those sins of which we are unaware and presumptuous sins are two areas which sets us back in our spiritual pilgrimage. They keep us from being all that God wants us to be. These two areas of sin, unintentional and the intentional, covers every area of sin in our lives. Those which we do unconsciously and those which we do willfully. So only by regular and intentionally reading God's word can help us gain the victory in those areas. One of the things we often forget is that God gave us his word, not primarily to fill our head, but to fill our hearts. His word is designed to make us holy, not merely smart. And in the last word, the psalmist says that, Let the word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. This is David's offering of sacrifice to God, which are thoughts and feelings uttered through the words of his mouth and the unuttered meditation of his heart. The psalmist is offering the thoughts that comes out of his heart and the words that utters them. This sacrifice is spiritual. It is complete sacrifice, a total consecration of the whole being that is denoted by the words of the mouth and the meditation of the heart. We are able to offer such sacrifices only because God has the power to forgive and redeem. What value has our words and thoughts have in its own form? But God in his adorning power is able to accept the sacrifices and offering of the heart and the mouth. So everything we want to know is revealed in the scripture. What are the effects of reading, listening, and dwelling in the word of the scriptures? As marvelous are the content of the scriptures are, the effects or the end results that comes through the meditation on the scriptures are a gem in itself. It says that it converts the soul, it makes wise the symbol, it rejoices the heart, it enlightens the eye, and it endures forever. The Bible reminds us that we cannot remain like a child forever in our spiritual life. Just as we mature physically, our spirituality must mature from being an early seeker to giants of faith. In Christ, we have the full revelation of God. Christ is the incarnate Word. He is the Locus of God made flesh. Everything on heaven and earth was created, but Christ the Locus is the uncreated through which everything was created. Through Him was the universe created and He is the word that speaks to us from the written scriptures. May we all have the passion to love the word, to read the word, to live the word, so that we continually grow spiritually as we continue to seek and walk in the footsteps of our Creator. So that's all we have for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this podcast. Do subscribe, follow, and share the podcast with your friends and families, and be blessed. This is the Wooden Cross Podcast, and I'll catch you in the next episode.